0: Oh, hey guys, it's Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher. Just wanted to tell you, thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast and also want to take a little bit of time to thank all of our thousands of VIP members. With your support, we are able to cover the Illinois athletics program like we do. So we are incredibly grateful for your support And we work very hard every single day, and I hope you see that, uh, with producing as much great quality content, informative, fun, um, analytical, all of those things to feed your crazy Illini fandom. We think about that all the time. And if you aren't an Illini Inquirer VIP member, I encourage you to do so. I think you'll enjoy it. And ask a VIP member friend of yours whether they do. I think our retention rates show that people uh, really enjoy once they sign up um, because we give you as much in-depth, quality one-eye coverage and try to give you guys as much interaction from us, whether it's Derek Piper, myself, Ryan Easterling, our whole crew, even our national analysts, Eric Bossy, Alan True, uh, we all try to answer as many questions as possible and be there for you, the Illini fan, to give you whatever our quote-unquote expert opinion is. But we are around these teams, we are around these recruits, and we feel like we can be of service to you and your fandom. So right now at Alana Enquirer, we have 60% off a full-year membership. We're running this all the way up to early signing day on December 16th. So for the rest of this college basketball season and into next college basketball season, for the rest of this college football season and recruiting cycle and whatever this offseason could bring for Illinois football You can get a line I inquire for more than 50% off. It's 60% off, that's more than a $60 value. So give us a try at a line I inquire. You can sign up now. Just sign up for the annual subscription, you'll get 60% off. Now, on to the line I inquire podcast. Welcome into to the Illini Enquirer podcast, and no one post-game podcast is not enough after Illinois goes into Cameron Indoor Stadium and really demolishes Duke, 83-68. to 68. No, we have to do more than that, so go back, listen to Derek Piper in our interaction, but today we're going to give you more of a breakdown of what just happened, uh, and that did just happen. At Duke, what a win for Illinois basketball! And just to tell you uh, how big of a win it was, uh, some great work by Brett Moore, Derek Burson, and the Illinois Sports Information Crew. Just to put this a little bit in perspective of Illinois' big challenge victory uh, to improve them to four and one on the season. A week after losing to number two Baylor, they take down a top ten team, and we'll see how good Duke is. Right, they're they're young. Uh, probably be a lot better in March than they are right now. Regardless, that's a very good victory for Illinois against a talented team and a great program and maybe the best coach of college basketball history. So just to put this in perspective, this is from Illinois Sports Information Department. I believe Brett Moore, who's the statty geek, and I love it, uh, put these together. But if not, Derek Burson, Sports Information Crew, if I, if I miss somebody, I'm sorry. But Illinois handed Duke head coach Mike Krzyzewski just his 11th non-conference home loss during his Duke career. That's amazing. Two ninety-seven and eleven, uh, Illinois just one of eleven, and Illinois did it twice, by the way. And Illinois became the first non-ACC team to win two games at Cameron Indoor Stadium against Coach K in his forty-one seasons. Forty-one seasons—that's a lot. And Illinois is the first non-conference opponent to win twice at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Illinois' fifteen-point win is tied for Duke's largest non-conference home loss under Coach K. Uh, that ties Louisville back in 1983. And if you watch that game, Illinois should have won by more than 15, right? So many turnovers that were a little bit careless. Kofi Coburn struggled to finish around the rim, missed free throws. So that definitely could have been better. But uh, that is Duke's first home loss in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They were 9-0 going into that one. And it's Illinois' first victory in the challenge since 2016 when they beat NC State. and I believe it was Dennis Smith Jr. at home. So a big victory for the Illini. And while Duke might not be a national title contender this year, they have five-star talent up and down that lineup. Uh, A bunch of underclassmen, they're younger, but Illinois took it to them. Uh, And I think you should be very, very, very happy about that. But you do have another tough matchup coming up, and I think it could be a tougher one against Missouri. Not because Missouri is more talented than Duke, But because this game matters to them, and I think it's shown the last two years how much this game has mattered to former Illini signees Jeremiah Tillman, Javon Pickett, former Illini player Mark Smith, Chicago native Xavier Pinson, who didn't have an Illini offer. They're coming off back-to-back victories, and they out-toughed you. The last couple of years. So now Illinois goes to Columbia against a hungry and pretty good Missouri team. They were 33rd in the latest AP poll. They're undefeated on the young season. But let's talk about last night's win, the most impressive parts of last night's win, and look ahead to Missouri and how this team is coming together. Well, somebody who knows a lot more about basketball than I do. Former Illini, Trent Meacham's one of my favorite guys to cover when I was at the Daily Illini covering these teams, and I loved covering that 08-09 team uh, that surprisingly finished second, and Trent Meacham was a big part of that. Uh, but gotten to know Trent pretty well the last couple of years on, on the radio, and he was kind enough to join me and give his great basketball thoughts on Illinois' big victory against Duke, what impressed him the most, and boy, is he a fan of the freshman? Uh, I'll give you that little tease right now uh, and what he thinks about an environment like Duke can provide for Illinois and what this game against Missouri is going to be like as well so let's get it all the Illini breakdown from Trent Meacham former Illini next on the Illini Inquirer podcast
1: selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: All right, Trent Meacham joining us now to talk about Illinois basketball's big 83-68 win, former Illini. And uh, Trent, you were one of the uh, former Illini that last played Duke. Um, what do you remember about that 2007 game? I believe it was in Maui.
2: Yeah, in Maui, you know, that's a tremendous atmosphere, almost like playing in Cameron Indoor in terms of a, like a high school type gym. Uh, but you don't have the Cameron Crazies, uh, but it is a, a very special place there. And, you know, it was, it was a fairly close game, but Duke beat us Rather handily, I think they won by ten points or so, and th- they weren't uh, Final Four good that year. They won the national championship maybe a year or two later with pretty much that group. You know, when you think of John Shire and, and Nolan Smith, and I think Gerald Henderson was gone at that time. Demarcus Nelson was gone at the time. Both those guys were, were really good. I actually played with Demarcus Nelson later on mm-hmm. in my uh, pro career. Uh, so they had a good team. Kyle Singler, Lance Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Duke always plays hard and. Uh, for you know for now, now for our Alana to go in there to Cameron Indoor get a get a big win is pretty special last night.
0: it's amazing to me how much you guys remember those games. I was just looking it up. Henderson had 23 for Duke. Uh they had Shire and Singler were young on that team, but they played a lot. Uh Brian Randall, I remember, had a great game, 16 points uh Pruitt uh, almost had a double double Calvin Brock had 14 uh Trent Machem one for seven off the bench
2: oh come on Jeremy <laughs> <laughs> you did have
0: four assists though Trent that, that's pretty okay, good okay <laughs> um but yeah what's it like to play a program of that caliber so early in a season
2: well I think it's great because that's what you want you want to play against the best and in college basketball does it get any bigger than the Duke Blue Devils, you know, Kentucky's right there, North Carolina, Kansas maybe, but, you know, they're one of, uh, you know, one of a few, and it's always it's always something special to go up against that type of program, to see Coach K on the other sideline. They're scheming against you. I, I think it's special, but these guys, you could tell they wanted this, and they were ready for it. I, I loved how Adam Miller came out. I thought on both ends of the floor he was aggressive. He was confident. Uh, and, and then the entire team really played like, Hey, not only do we belong, but we think we're better than these guys. And you know what we are, I I don't think this, this isn't your typical Duke team. Um, it'll be interesting how well they do this year. I think they'll improve, but it was fun just to see the, the depth that we have, how well we shared the ball, shared the load and to have such a convincing win, uh, is really promising for this team this early in the season.
0: What did impress you most uh, about this win for Illinois?
2: That's a great question. I, I thought we did to Duke a little bit of what Baylor did to us in terms of getting us on our heels. I think we were the more aggressive team. I thought our hands were active on defense. Uh, we really, you know, and then offensively, I thought it was a it was a team effort. I mean, six guys in double figures, Georgie uh, Bishanisvili again with another solid game. That's really good Really good to see for a lot of fans. You know, and, and Andre Curbelo, man, uh, you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of him. I don't care about the five turnovers. I love his game. I love how he gets in the paint. I love the pace that he plays with. I love his fearlessness. In the first half, he drove in, got rejected. The very next play, he comes down, attacks the basket, gets a layup. So I love to see that. And then Io, you know, in my eyes, somewhat quietly goes for 18, 12, and 5. And uh, so a, a total team effort. We're We're still improving. Uh, again, this Duke team is not uh, a top ten team, I don't think, but we look really good and we looked them we made them look very pedestrian last night. Right.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask you, Trent, was was the difference between this game and, and Wednesday against Baylor simply the opponent? Like in, in other words, did much change for Illinois or was Baylor just that good? I
2: think it's too early to tell and you know I hear Coach Underwood say Baylor's one of the best he's seen this early in the season. I don't know about all of that. I don't know if Baylor has a guy that's you know, a lottery pick, for example. But I, I thought they were very impressive, their depth on the perimeter, how they defended, especially on the perimeter. Their energy and inside on the interior was really um, impressive for me. I thought they were just quicker to the ball. And I thought that's what we were last night against Duke. I thought we were quicker to the ball. We were more aggressive. And when you do that, uh, you you give yourself a great chance – to win. So, uh, you know, I think Baylor's going to be one of the best teams in the, in the country this season. I think that was good for this team. Not necessarily to lose, but to kind of get get hit in the mouth a little bit and see, okay, you know, we have some talent. We have a good team, but we got to bring it every night. There's a lot that we can improve upon. So, uh, you know, again, it's so early in the season. I think it's fantastic for this team with uh, the hype that's surrounding it to have some real tests early on and You know, now we have another one coming up here Saturday. Missouri's better than I think expected.
0: Yeah, I want to get into that a little bit later. But um, Duke's obviously very talented, all these five stars on that team, and they've kind of gone the Kentucky route. And both those teams are struggling with how much youth they have uh, early in the year. But in what ways, Trent, did you see Illinois' experience um, help them against a team that has, um, on paper, more talent?
2: Yeah, and I'm not a big star guy, you know, yeah. Jeremy. Uh, you know, I would take our talent more than theirs. I mean, how often would you go against Duke and say, I'm taking our backcourt over their backcourt any day? You know, I, I think the big thing was leadership. I don't know who Duke's leader is. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Roach, his, his box score looks decent at the end of the night. I don't know who their leader is. I don't know what they're trying to do offensively. Um, I mean, they to me, I saw no identity from that team, whereas – you said it, our experience. These guys have been through battles. These guys, I think very importantly, these guys have lost a lot of games. I mean, Trent mm-hmm. Frazier has lost a lot of games as an Illini. Demonte Williams has lost a lot of games. Io DeSumo, his freshman year, lost many games. So they've been through some struggles. I think this team is very hungry. I think there's a, uh, there's a pecking order that's really important. I mean, Duke doesn't have that. Illinois knows Io is its guy. Okay, and then others can follow suit. Georgie knows he's backing up Kofi, and I think he feels more comfortable in that position this year. And now you're seeing him playing pretty well alongside Kofi last night too, which was great to see. So I think just knowing roles and having that experience, the, the leadership is, is so crucial in any athletic you know, event, especially college, athletic, college basketball and, you know, uh, Io sumo Trent Frazier, DeMonte Williams, he's been terrific early this season. So those leaders are really kind of paving the way for the young guys to come in and just kind of play free and play with confidence.
0: We've known for a while, Trent, that Io could score, right? He hasn't had a problem scoring at this level. Uh, but through five games, he's averaging 8.2 rebounds, six assists. Seems to be, without breaking down last night's film, he seems to be playing very, very good defense. Uh, he's elevated his game in so many ways, and um, you know he's living up to that All American hype. And uh, as you said, like after the game, he's providing that leadership of saying, you know, this this was good, this was nice. It was nice to win, but he wasn't thinking it was like the biggest accomplishment in the world. So uh, he just, I, I just want, I don't want it to go under noticed or under appreciated. I guess by Illini fans of how good he has been.
2: Yeah, he's been terrific, and as good as he was last year, as you said, Jeremy, and I don't know if he can duplicate how well he closed games last year, although he already did one against Ohio. Um, He's better this year. He looks physically, he's he's stronger. He looks a little bit more explosive. He's always impressed me with his defensive ability. I think he really defends, gets down, and defends on that end, and he's continued to improve as a passer. I think how he reads – uh, the ball screens and is able to manipulate the defense. He, he's just steadily improving in that regard. You know, the biggest thing for me when I look at Iowa, what I saw as a freshman is he believes that he not only belongs at this level, I think he's always had his eyes set to the next level. So because of that, I think that that forces him to put in the work, to have this professional approach where he's not. he doesn't get too high after a great performance. He doesn't get too low. He knows this is a process. And I, I just want to keep on – improving uh keep on showing what i can do keep on expanding my game and he's doing a terrific job i thought he pressed maybe a little bit against baylor wanting to maybe yeah. prove himself against some other good guards but uh, he's been terrific you know so far this season
0: you mentioned georgie his last two games trend against top 10 opponents he's 11 for 16 shooting 26 points nine rebounds three blocks two assists two turnovers uh when he's playing like this what's it do for the allina
2: it's huge for this team because Kofi Coburn hasn't been great right. uh, the last couple of games. And, and it's easy to criticize him, but just because he's so explosive, so powerful. But, yeah, Georgie B has been terrific the past couple of nights. Uh, I, I think last season what was so tough for him was he, didn't, he never quite understood his role. And we thought, well, maybe he's a stretch four, but doesn't shoot the ball that well, didn't know how to play alongside Kofi. And now he's able to, I think, evaluate the game from the bench bring energy every coach loves energy coming onto the floor from their bench and but also mix out with a bit more poise a bit more patience and uh, you know you just love what you've seen the past two nights and it gives you another low post threat and he's then he's defending well too he gets out there in the perimeter defending the pick and roll pretty well so uh yeah he's been very good and uh, so far this
0: season uh, i love that you mentioned adam miller off the bat what a start for him uh three threes in the first nine minutes but what has impressed me more, and, and Brad had mentioned this as a recruit, and I didn't know how much to buy into it, but uh, he's a two-way player. Uh, I think defensively he's been really good, and it shows with his minutes. Uh, he's third on the team in minutes. Just What have you seen overall from Adam Miller so far?
2: You want to know who a coach trusts, Leah? Look how many minutes they're playing. <laughs> and yeah, he's up there, and it shows that Underwood trusts him. But last night, yes, he hit those three threes You know, there early on, but I thought his defense, how he was pressuring, how active he was from the jump is what really stood out to me. And here's another guy who seems to be cut from the same cloth as Io DeSumo, is not afraid of the big stage. I think he believes he belongs. He believes he belongs at the next level. And you'd love to see, uh, I'd say even even the humility to get down and defend because I didn't see him as a high school kid, but most high school players just don't have to defend or they never that's never uh, been demanded from him. And you know, he's he's shown that he's willing to do whatever it takes to get on the floor and, and that's exactly what this team needs. You know, Io's the guy. Uh, there's other good, you know, Kofi's a, a focal point, but can he can he be a two way guy? Can he be another slasher to go along with his his, his three point shooting capabilities? And uh, you know, I've just been very, very impressed with him so far. And that goes beyond his first game hitting 10 for 12 from the field. I thought against Ohio, he picked his spots really well attacking the basket. So uh, just fantastic for, for such a young kid.
0: Uh, You can already tell Andre Curbelo is uh, making everyone fall in love with him because there's just not many people who play like him, Trent. Um, The guy I could think of, and you know, he's not nearly as long as this guy, but he's got some like Lonzo ball to his game, right? Just the way he can see the court has that feel, um, you know. Obviously, as you said, the turnovers happen, but you live with those because he's he's the guy that really ignites this, this half court offense.
2: Yeah, and of course he'll need to improve with turnovers, but you know, I, I'm not concerned about that. When you're a creative player, when you're a fearless guy, you're gonna have turnovers. Okay, the best players are gonna have the most turnovers. The best players are gonna miss the most shots, and he's not our best player now, but you're going to have to live with some of that, especially as a freshman where he's still figuring out what can I get away with at this level. And for me, I'm just I'm a big fan of guys that can get it done without superior athleticism. He's one of the smallest guys on the court. He's not the fastest, is not the best leaper, not the strongest, but, man, does he have a great feel for the game, changing pace, vision. I love how he just probes when he gets in the paint. You know, it's a little bit Steve Nash-like. Um, I, I like his flair. I liken his flair to a Trey Young. He does not have that range shooting the ball. But just his ability to really, you know, you talk about manipulate the defense to read things. Man, is he fun to watch. And I think, I think this kid is a star next season. I don't know, I don't know if he's an NBA player ever. I, I really don't know. Does he have that potential to be? Yes. But I think he's a star in college basketball next season. I think this season we're going to see flashes – We're going to see some what-the-heck-was-he-thinking, but it's going to be fun to watch his progression and going to be one of the the most enjoyable players to to watch in all of college basketball. Uh,
0: And Before we move on to to Missouri and look into that game, uh, I just wanted to ask you about the seniors, Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams. What do they give in Illinois right now?
2: Two guys that don't need the ball um, but can still bring tremendous value to the court, and coaches love that. And then you mix in, they're both shooting the ball well, especially DeMonte. I mean, to see him hitting, hitting threes like that, uh, having confidence, shooting the ball is really, really impressive. You know, uh, and then Trent Frazier is doing the same thing and is willing to take a backseat to even some of these freshmen in terms of, okay, letting Andre handle the ball more. You know, letting Adam Miller get his shots up too. So that's, that's really impressive from guys that um, have been through many battles and could think, okay, now it's my turn to kind of get mine. I, I thought DeMonte, you know, he's going to have to fight every night. And that's what he brings because a lot of teams are going to focus on him. Even though he's one of our best defenders, he's typically going to be giving up, you know, maybe four or five inches there uh, in in his starting matchup. And he's going to have to continue battling. I thought last night, again, he did a great job with that. Um, so, man, two guys that, that you love having on your team.
0: And uh, you mentioned Kofi not playing very well. And I, I totally agree with you. Uh, when he is on the court, we know how big of an impact he can make, though, just his sheer presence. Uh, what What is a thing or two that you think he really needs to work on as, as he gets into Big Ten play? Because, he, I mean, he's still impactful just like last year, uh, but unlike maybe some of these other guys, especially Io, um, doesn't seem like he's made a lot of improvement from last season.
2: Yeah, last night he was 13, you know, goes for 13 and 8. You know, if he would have hit a few more free throws, he's, he's got 16, 17 points. Right. Uh, you know, he, here's a guy that's still very young to the game. He hasn't been playing basketball very long. And I don't know when you're seven feet tall and you've been quarantined or can't get out there and, and play pickup or be in a system. I don't know how he improves so much because who's he going to go up against? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only, you know, so many guys in the country and at his age that are going to give him some realistic looks. So uh, he, he needs more than anything is just experience and reps. And he wasn't able to get that for eight months. So I think he's right on track. I don't, you know, he's still got a long ways to go. Of course, can he finish a bit better? Yeah. Uh, Does he get hacked sometimes that they don't call it because he's so big? (laughs) Of course. Uh, Does he need to develop maybe a go-to low post move and just be better there? For sure. I actually think, though, a big key for him is as a decision maker uh, in a short roll position, which we don't get him in that position a whole lot, but if he wants to play at the next level, uh, more so than developing it as a low post presence, can he make decisions when he catches the ball at the free throw line? Does he have a, a a floater? Can he make passes out of there? You know, that's, that's what the NBA, you know, all those bigs do very, very well. Uh, not only can you defend the pick and roll, but can you play out of it offensively? He's a great lob threat. But then, can he also improve in terms of that short roll and making reads from there?
0: Okay, Trent Meacham. Every Illinois player knows their record against Missouri, and I believe yours was very good.
2: <laughs> well, you brought up that one for seven against Duke last game, man. Uh, the I, I, last I was time li- I played against I, Duke, but I, yeah, I, I'm, I was lifting you up with the four against,
0: assists. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks. Well, three and zero against Duke against Missouri, so um, I'll take that. I guess I got bragging rights, right, for the rest of my life.
0: And I remember one, Trent, you guys, I think, drove through a blizzard your senior year and, and upset the top 25 team. Like You guys demolished them in that game.
2: Yeah, they were in Elite 18 that year. I think they won the Big 12 uh, tournament, had a very good team. Uh, and uh, Dimitri had a tremendous first half. And we kind of blitzed them and uh, handled them pretty easily. I don't know if we won by 15 or 20. We were up by 20 at one point, and uh, I, had, I had a pretty good game. So that was, that's a special place to play in, man. Uh, it's unfortunate that's not going to happen this year, but uh, I'm glad the game's happening, and it should be a good one because Missouri is this team is better than I think uh, preseason projections had them.
0: Yeah, uh, 3-0 and so far. Um, no, not 4-0, I believe, after yesterday. Um, and the one thing about this is I, I think this could be a tougher matchup than Duke, Trent, just because, as we talked about with, with Illinois, this is an experience. It's an old team. It's a physical team. And uh, I know we always say we can throw out the records, but that has been true the past couple years. I mean, these Missouri teams haven't been very good, but Javon Pickett, Mark Smith, Jeremiah Tillman, Xavier Pinson – these guys all really want to beat Illinois and it's looked like the last couple of years that it, it's mattered more to them.
2: Yeah. It's almost like that high school, you know, crosstown rivalry where it doesn't quite matter who's got more talent, who's supposed to win. You know, anybody could win that given night, you know, it's, it's be expected for, to have a dog fight and yeah, this Missouri team's good. I mean, I thought they really just outfought us last year. I mean, like I guess I think they punked us last year. So I'm, I'm excited to see how this team responds. I think we have the better team, but man, Martin, you know, Mark Smith's playing well. Xavier Pinson, a Chicago kid, who had a great game last season, is playing well for them. Yeah, I think Jeremiah Tillman's a good player. Uh, the other former Illini connection, Javon Pickett, had a really good game against us last year. So um, I'm I'm very excited to to tune into this game, and uh, I think the emotions are going to be going. And this is you know this is college basketball. Unfortunately. The fans aren't there. It's not in St. Louis, but uh, I think it's still going to be a tremendous game, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: As you watch these games, Trent, as a former player, um, what do you think of what it's probably like to play in these atmospheres?
2: You know, I think once you get out there on the court, it's it's not as big of a it's not as big of a deal. I think once you're always a little anxious before a game. I think it's probably a bit. It, it had to be a bit strange there at Cameron Indoor, such a historic place, a hollow place, and there's no fans. Uh, but, you know, you can hear your coach more. I don't know if that's good or bad <laughs> for a player. But I think once they get into the game, man, they're playing. And, uh, you know, I think there's some games where maybe the the crowd can pick you up uh, when you're struggling or, uh, you know, it's, it's the dog days of the season. But, you know, these guys went a long time without playing any games, and I think they're very thankful to get out there and play. And I think when the ball goes up, uh, the fans, as as fun as they make it, I don't think they have as big of an impact on what happens on the court as maybe we think. Mm-hmm. And I think these guys are dialed into the task at hand and, and kind of lost in that moment uh, for the most part.
0: Trent Meacham, he played games against Duke because he was good at basketball and went to NCAA <laughs> tournament games and played there. I'm just a guy who talks about sports. Uh, Trent, appreciate the time, man. Always appreciate it.
1: Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast.
0: I love having the opportunity to talk to guys like Trent Macham, Jay Lehman, Mike Dudak, Dre Brown. So I uh, appreciate Trent uh, giving us his expertise with all of this. Really appreciate it. And uh, some great insight into what it's like to play in these kind of games. Listen, he should have gave me more flack for saying one for seven. It's a fact. I mean, he shot one for seven at Duke, but should have given me more flack because uh, I, I couldn't make that in a junior high game, okay? It's just not, I, shooting was not my thing. Layups, I could, I could make layups. So when all you had to do was take a play number one, right? You stick up play number one, that's pick right, layup. I was great at that in fifth and sixth grade. Or play two was go to the left side. Didn't do that very often. It was more of a right-hand dominant guy. Uh, but I was really good at basketball then. But that's where I peaked while Trent Meacham's scoring double digits uh, at Illinois. So he could have given me a lot more flack than he did. So that's just the nice guy that Trent Meacham is. But Illinois now 4-1 and one on the season, going into a huge game against Missouri, which is the non-conference finale, believe it or not, when this short 2020-21 season. And then it's Big Ten play. Yeah, we're getting right to Big Ten play next week against Minnesota, and while I, I haven't been that impressed with Minnesota, uh, they're 5-0, and but really haven't beaten anybody, Boston College uh, isn't that good, uh, they went to overtime with Loyola Marymount, and uh, the mullet man, loved watching him, loved watching him. And then they play UMKC uh, before coming to Illinois on Tuesday, December 15th, so Illinois right away into Big Ten play. Minnesota, Rutgers, Penn State, Indiana, Purdue, Northwestern, Maryland. That, that's a very winnable stretch. So, as I talked about, with Derek Piper, this is where you can start stacking these. This is where, if you're a, a number one Big Ten contender, you go on a run here, and you have to have the performance like Duke night in and night out. You have to have the performance like Baylor. Sands those two minutes where it went awry. You got to have those uh, every night, but I think this team is certainly capable of it. We'll have more on Illini basketball throughout the week leading up to Bragg and Rights. I'll focus a little bit more on football going into a rivalry game against Northwestern, which could be a big game for Lovey Smith. And uh, I am getting prepared for all of our signing day, early signing day content as well. Been working ahead on that and have a lot of content for you. So again, I'll give my pitch. It's a great opportunity to sign up for 60% off a VIP subscription, get access to all of our content at I Inquire. Always appreciate you podcast listeners as well. If you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, you can subscribe to us. Uh, rate us, review us always helps us out as well. Uh, but you can get us on demand. It shows up on your smartphone. And you can listen to it right away. Always appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Alana Enquirer podcast.